G'day guys, I'm Aaron Schultz with episode number 102 of the Outback Mine podcast. Thank you so much for joining in. Another really, really special guest uh, with me today. Uh, a lot of uh, NRL uh, fans would recognise this gentleman, Anthony Minicello. Uh, played 302 games for the Sydney Roosters, 11-time State of Origin player. I think he was 19 times represented Australia. Um, also known as the Count. Looks a lot like the Count off Sesame Street. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, very uh, very well regarded and, and highly respected uh, sports person, but also a beautiful individual that um, that is doing a lot to help humanity. He's got a big heart. Um uh, you know, and I guess that's that's the essence of this podcast to try and bring people on that are you know trying to help other guys uh, and other people in general uh, to be able to learn new skills, to be able to live more conscious, self aware, and uh, and better quality of lives. So Anthony's got a, a great little business called MiniFit, um, where he does online training, uh, fitness training for people from all levels, including kids. So. Um, really encourage you to check out his site. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about it throughout, uh, throughout the conversation. A lot about his career, a lot about uh, what he does to keep himself motivated and so forth as well. And, uh, you know, share a lot of the uh, the wisdom that he's learned over his last uh, 41 years, born in 1980. So, uh, um, yeah, certainly uh, a, a beautiful gentleman that uh, we're going to get uh Lots of uh, lots of good information from, and obviously, if you're looking to improve fitness or some form of uh, your life or some aspect of your life, I really encourage you to check out uh, what Anthony might be able to do to, uh, to help you after this podcast. So, just want to make special mention to our primary partners. Now, we have a new new partner on board, uh, an organisation called MacForce Australia. MacForce Australia are a, a wonderful company, uh, which I'm proud to be associated with. That provides employment opportunities for people, uh, particularly in the resources sector, but also in other industries. So if you are looking for fly-in, fly-out work, or, you, or you, if you are an employer looking to employ people, I really, really encourage you to check out their website. It's macforce, M-A-C-F-O-R-C-E.com.au. Uh, really organ- awesome, organised and a really compassionate organisation uh, that's based in WA, but now working throughout Australia. I'm sort of really proud to help them out here in Queensland. And uh, yeah, very, uh, very uh, good organisation, which I'm sure uh, if you're looking for work, you'd be proud to work for. So please check them out. Just want to make special mention to our primary partners also, Green Nutritionals, who provide awesome green organic superfoods. Uh, their products are available all around Australia. Really encourage you to check out their website, greennutritionals.com.au. Also, we get support from Pure Life Bakery, who make organic sprouted bread. So when the grains in our breads are sprouted, the digestion process in our bodies works a lot better. Their products are also available all around Australia. So I really encourage you to check out their, their unique uh, breads. Uh, it's purelifebakery.com.au. Alrighty, I'm sure you're going to enjoy this conversation with Anthony and I. Really appreciate your, uh, your feedback after the podcast. Anthony Minicello, welcome to the Outback Mind podcast. Mate, Aaron, uh, appreciate you making uh, the connection, mate, and getting me on. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, very, uh, very honoured to have you here, mate. You've, um, I sort of come from AFL world, but uh, I know your name popped up quite a bit um, when I sort of did uh, draw my attention to to the rugby game and uh you know you've obviously had a, a pretty long career we're not so much uh, apart in ages but um certainly uh you know you you've, you've obviously um yeah played 300 games at the, at the highest level represented australia played state of origin and had a had a magnificent journey with um with what you've done on the field mate but how did life evolve for you like you're you're from an italian background uh, obviously and yeah um, yeah, yeah, I think you you um you hold that pretty close to your heart and have uh, a strong heritage. So, so were you brought up in Sydney, or, or where did life sort of um you know begin for you? Yeah, so we grew up just outside Liverpool, which is um, about thirty k's outside of Sydney, and we grew up on five acres. So it was it, well, it was farm life back then, but now it's all changed. There's houses everywhere, and it's all built up. So yeah, you know, we had a wonderful childhood. Uh, I've got a younger brother, younger sister. And 
the whole Italian sort of way is to grow your own, cook your own. That's the whole Italian culture. Mm-hmm. And we, we were lucky that we had that room to run around outside daily, always exercise, be active. But we had cows, chickens, eggs, fruit trees, veggie patches. We had the works, you know. Yeah. And my mum's a pretty darn good cook. So, um, yeah, we had a really strong foundation built up of whole fresh food, nutrition, uh, sort of without even knowing it. It was just what we did. That was the Italian way. Um, and now that I think back when I was a kid, like, you know, my brother and my sister, we never seemed to get sick quite a lot. We never got injured. We played many sports. Like, I, I didn't start rugby league until I was actually 10 years of age. Mm. My brother had started before that. He started six. My two main sports as a young kid were gymnastics and little athletics. Right. Um, so, yeah, it was a bit of a, a weirder sport to get into. Gymnastics were in the 80s as, uh, for a, a little boy. Uh, but my mum had a friend that was a gymnastics coach at Macquarie Fields. And, yeah, I just took the gymnastics. And I was doing actually quite well at it, um, going to state. And I was long-distance runner going to state for 3K as well. Mm. But um, it all changed when mates of mine at school, when I was 10 years of age, mate, were joining the local rugby league team uh, down at Liverpool Catholic Club, come down. And I joined, and that was it. I just sort of fell in love with the game because of you. Tra- you know, you get to hang out with your mates, make new friends. You train with your mates, you- and you play a game with each other on the weekend. Um, so from that age, I uh, I sort of gave up every other sport, and uh, you know, pretty lucky. Like six years after that, at age sixteen in year ten, uh, got plucked um, out of the west and taken to the east by the great Arthur Beetson. Yeah, I remember Artie, yeah, yeah, indigenous guy. Yeah, he's um, you know, he's a legend of the sport. He played for the Roosters, captain the Roosters, and really ignited origin in 1980 when uh, him and his teammate come into a confrontation and he just sort of bashed him. <laughs> and, he, and then everyone went, wow, this is origin. You know, New South Wales versus Queensland. No one cares about teammates. Um, but he was just a colossus of the game, great player, and I developed a great relationship and friendship with him he was the recruitment officer of the Roosters at the time and um, yeah he uh, had a recruitment officer uh, running around out west southwest and um, my mum used to film every game of you know my, my sister played netball she filmed that my brother played footy she filmed that we played gymnastics and footy she filmed everything so it was great when the recruitment officer said, oh, do you have any tapes of your son and some other players in the team? And she said, well, I've got thousands here. <laughs> here. <laughs> have a couple. And that's, that's how it started. That's how I got recruited to the Roosters. Unreal, mate. That's, that's amazing. How did, how did you, did, did, how did you fit in? Did you have to do a lot of work on your body to be able to get it to a stage where you were able, able to sort of compete at that level? Well, I, I was always naturally... I was I was really lean kid, skinny, lean. I uh, still am now, um, but I was always outdoors from an early age. You know, I wasn't. You know, today's completely different. You know, with digital devices and iPads and computer screens, it's a whole different dimension. But back, you know, in the eighties, growing up, it was ride your bike. Yeah. Go, you know, ride your bike to your mate's house was just three or four suburbs away. Mm. Or, you know, we had motorbikes. My dad bought me a P with bought us a P with fifty at age six and seven. We were out on the farm. I was driving at ten years. He taught me how to drive at ten years of age. We had a little Datsun paddy basher that he <laughs> passed on. That used to be the family car and yep. so we were always outdoors. we had an Olympic size um, trampoline in the backyard yeah. for me to practice. Love them. So it was just uh, an active lifestyle was just ingrained in us. And, you know, and we had chores. I, I had to chop wood. So, the, you know, the wood chop was a constant thing for me. Um, so when I got signed at the Roosters and we did, you know, our first pre-season, um, I, I, not that I found it easy, but I, I was up to, you know, the top five of the... When, when we were running, I was in the top five every time. So I had this natural fitness build-up, so... That held me in good stead to try and develop some other skills. You know, I had to develop you know, better skills, catching, passing, kicking and all that. But the natural fitness was, was there from the start. Mm, yeah, you've obviously had a, a, good, uh, a good upbringing and background and some self-discipline there, which obviously played uh, a big part. Chopping wood is, uh, is a great uh, 
cardiovascular activity and uh, it's something that's probably uh, not uh, not common these days because most people buy it and um, it's interesting yep. uh, with what you said there about you know having your own food supply and so forth and how good that is for your physical body uh, and also for your mental health but how, how disempowered have we been since then because back then everyone had their own fruit trees they grew their own fruit and veggies and um, you know, now it's very, very rare for, for, for families to actually do that. Like when I was a young fella, uh, I was born uh, in the 70s and, and everyone, you know, everyone had fruit trees and everyone shared and lived, lived more with the seasons. Yeah. And, um, you know, when you are living more with the seasons, you're in tune with nature, right? But I guess uh, what happened since then is they've sort of, you know, put us down this funnel and, and get us towards going to the supermarket a lot of the Italian guys uh, where I come from in country Victoria, they were the ones that had the fruit shops and uh, yep. you, you don't see the fruit shops, you know, really, really anymore. It, it is. It's a, it's a real shame. Like the, the modern age has sort of, um, as you mentioned, funneled us into um, buying fruit or veg all season, all year round or conventional uh, grain-fed meat and all that type of stuff and you know when when I moved out of home at 18 because I signed at the risk of 16 but moved out to you know move into the city to train I'll be you know live a lot closer to where I was training I sort of lost that whole food nutrition um, foundation because I started eating out every night I started drinking alcohol on the weekends uh, and my foundation was starting slowly deteriorating but it took it took six years before i got a major injury so i I made my debut at age 19 and didn't get an injury for five five years in a row like i was pretty durable but i I I wasn't a big guy either i was very small only 88 kilo coming up against guys at 120 and and all that um but that foundation held me in good stead for years and years but then it broke because i i wasn't providing the right nutrition um, to my body and the right recovery for my tissues and muscles to repair. Yeah. And going back to you know, growing your own home, it's so important if you have the room, if you do have the room, is to start your own veggie patch so you know what's going into it. There's no um, you know, microtoxins that are getting sprayed onto it, which, you know, looking into the food system, which I have deeply, you know, huge big monocrops and, and not regenerative farming. The soil is actually turning into dirt. And then that invites insects in. And then what happens if there's lots of insects? The, the farmers have to heavily herbicide and pesticide these fruits and vegetables. They're leaching into our food system and building our own toxic load of our own body. Mm. You know, that, and, and, that, and that, that's, that's happening. It's, uh, you know, our, the nutrient density of our foods is much less than what it was 50, 60 years ago yeah. because the regenerative farming practices are being lost. Mm. And it's a real shame. A real shame and you know people that are into their nutrition know about the regenerative farming piece and how important soil is soil is life mm. uh, to the plant and and then that gives it the fruit or veg or regenerative farming if you're farming beef and rotating crops around all that type of stuff but if you don't if you're not really into it which some most people aren't then they just go to the supermarket buy their food cook it up and they don't really know they're not, they're not really understanding where their food is coming from. Mm. And, you know, after my injuries, I had four years in a row, you know, two back operations, a ne- serious neck injury, then a serious leg injury. I reconnected with the food, how I used to eat as a child, and now that's actually repaired and restored my own body. And I've got MRI scans to prove it. And most doctors are saying that you can't rehydrate your own disc again, let alone all of them, because all of my discs are black. Mm. But my, now they're all rehydrated again. Um, tissues are repaired because the body can recover if you allow it to. Yes. And it's all down to what we put in our body, what, what foods we actually put. A clean source of food uh, is so important. Mm. Oh, mate, the body is uh, always trying to be healthy. We just need to get out of its road. Um, That's it. And to be able to give it the, the rest that it needs when, it, when it's asking for it, but also to be able to nourish it with the right products that actually, um, you know, create life, you know, that have life force in them. When we're, when we're using food that's been denatured, then our bodies become denatured and we start to become disconnected. And that can, uh, 
that can really have an impact on mental health and, and imbalance as well. But if you've got you know, food that's, uh, that's produced with care rather than just for, for, for money, then, uh, then you'll find that your body will start to respond better to that. Would you agree? Oh, what, 100%. You know, and, and your body gives you signs. That, that, you know, l- listen to your body. Like, I, I went through my period when I was in my early 20s. I was just in that rut race, a cycle, you know, playing a game, drinking on the weekends. You know, and I, I, we had fun times. It was great times. But my body, it's towards the 2005, my body was giving me signs. I had rashes popping up everywhere. Yeah. I developed stomach ulcers. I had flare-ups in my lower back. Bulges started to appear. I was ignoring all those signs and kept playing rugby league every week until I just broke yeah. for four years in a row. So the body does give you signs if you listen to it. Or, you know, the, the, the best sign is listen to your gut because that, that, that's where everything is digested. It's so important for our health. It's the foundation of health. You know, if you eat and you get bloated or you get cramps or you get reflux, that's, that's a sign. That's a sign that the food that you're putting in aren't the right food. And, you know, start to, to um, dive in a little bit deep and discover what works, what doesn't for you is important. Yes. Oh, that's true. But Anthony, you know, what, what, what the, the challenge is for most people out there is we've just been ed- educated to support the economy and, and all our lives above our shoulders. You know, we're not actually in tune with the body and what the body's trying to teach us. Um, yep. You know, look, I, I, went on a, I don't want to get in my own journey too much, but I, uh, I, I went on a raw food diet for a few years. I never burped and farted for, uh, for years, you know. And, and really, like, these, are, these are things that we think are common and funny, but these are signs that our bodies are actually making a noise because there's something um, in, in imbalance. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I went out for dinner with some people last night and I found myself farting um, <laughs> during the night. And, and really what that is is my body saying to me that uh, your food combinations weren't right. You know, uh, we've got some some shit going on here um, that we're trying to deal with, which is which is causing brain fog at the same time, and that can lead to depression. And you know, these aren't the conversations that are being had with someone that is uh, in a low mood. Um, mainly been getting put on medication, so that's something else that their bodies have got to deal with. But to be able to look at the source of why it's happening, to be able to to to, to deal with that is something that's quite confronting and challenging. But that can really be a turning point for someone's life. Well, you know, no one, no one really puts a link with food and mental health, and and there's a hundred percent direct link with it all. Because if if your body is happy, happy, it's functioning in the right way. Your gut is digesting your food correctly, then you, you're going to have improved physical, mental, and emotional health. There's no there's no doubt about it. Now. I reckon if you're on the standard Australian diet, there's a 90% chance that you have an imbalance of gut uh, bacteria, without doubt. Mm. Now, all the research out now is the gut-brain access. Like, the gut is almost more important than the brain. Mm. It controls most of your immune system. It controls your mood through your vagus nerve to to your brain. So if we're eating processed food on a daily basis full of microtoxins, then how can we have mental clarity every day, stable energy, and and, and really thrive? You can't, and and that's that, then that's the whole uh, decreasing of mental health. And, and it starts with something simple as whole fresh food. Start with that. Mm. Get some natural sunlight. Do some exercise daily. Uh, hydrate the body. Get seven to nine hours sleep. And if you do those things consistently. Without doubt, your mood and your mental health is going to improve. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Well, well, it's working with nature rather than against it, isn't it? Um, at the end of the totally. day, you know, and and really, look, look, many uh, like modern society is is really gearing us to be unhealthy because unhealthy people are good for the economy, right? And um, yeah, that's <laughs> that's going to keep us spending. You've only got to go watch a game of sport, and I'm sure you would have observed this when you were playing that uh, all the advertising around was around you was to booze, to to eat bad, and uh, and to maybe take Voltaren to to balance out your um, your information in your body. You know, there's there's not really good messages there. Um, and now little athletics, I, I remember you mentioning that you were involved with that, uh, sponsored by McDonald's. So 
Um, yep. So we're getting we're getting the wrong messages uh, consistently, you know, and we've got to be able to be more conscious around that so we can um, can make more informed decisions and really, you know, uh, get connected with yourself and get connected with nature more, I suppose, and that'll actually give you the ability to be able to work with it rather than against it at the end of the day. Yeah, and it's all education. You know, that, you know these, these types of foods are around, you know, that you, you can't eliminate them. That's fine, you know, and, and that's fine every now and again to con- consume um, a burger and chips if you actually enjoy it. But if you, if, we've got to know if you do that on a consistent basis, then your health is on a decline. So the whole message is food as medicine is eat whole fresh food. So, so my philosophy is I've got four steps with my nutrition. And the first step is get to know the source of your food and where it comes from, mm. first and foremost. So you're getting high-quality produce. And then the second step is the process of that food. So the, your cooking oils become really important, cook with more natural fats, get rid of all the vegetable oils that are highly oxidised. Mm. And then if you're roasting, slow the roasting process down 130 degrees or lower in the oven or in a slow cooker where your nutrition and enzymes are still intact when we consume it, they offer us the best nutrition. Mm. And step three is to decrease some of those processed foods in your diet. And step four, the throwing intermittent fasting, weaving intermittent fasting because that's uh, such a powerful tool to accelerate healing in your own body. So that, those, those are my four steps that I live by, and I'm, I'm meticulous with those at home because I've built my foundation inside the home, and I cook all the time. If I'm at home, I'm cooking, so I, I enjoy it. I love it. Mm. But if I go out to a birthday uh, or um, you know a dinner or whatnot, which we can't do at the moment, but when, when the, the time is right, when we can again, then I enjoy myself, yes. Mm. But the foundation is got to be, you know, I'm, I'm up around 80, 90% strong foundation and, you know, 10 or 15%, you could just have a play and enjoy. Mm, mm, that's it, absolutely. That's interesting, um, you know, something that I, I sort of stumbled across years ago was intermittent fasting and the first time that I did it, uh, I went 24 hours without food and I had more energy than I, I'd ever experienced in my life. I was like a little yeah. kid again, you know, and... Um, yeah, uh, my, my consciousness was saying, oh, you need to eat, you need to eat. But I just, like, I, I, many, I actually, like, sort of went around the world and looked at healthy cultures and that a while back, and I saw people that were absolutely thriving that, that only ate, you know, a few times a week. And um, yep. I was thinking, I want to be more like that. But uh, Yeah, it's just, you know, we've been conditioned by, you know, these big corporations that, you know, you've got to get up and eat, and that's the, the most important meal because you've mm-hmm. slept for seven hours, eight hours, you know, and that's seriously, that's not the case. You know, you, you find out when, you know, the body has two energy systems, sugars and fats. You know, when, once the, the body burns up all the glycogen or all your storages uh, of sugar, then it switches and gets into ketosis and you're burning fat as fuel. And when that, when that switch becomes easy, when you intermittent fast on a regular basis, the mental clarity, natural energy and focus is just out of this world when you're, when you're burning fat as fuel. And, you know, like I speak to guys that are, they love their keto diet and they're fully into it, they're chasing ketones. And, that, and that's not good either. You've got to have a balance of, yeah. you got you want the body to be metabolically flexible from burning sugars to burning fats. Yes. The, the body is designed to do both, you know. And, and the guys, the people that are on, say, the standard Australian diet or whatever it may be, they're just sugar burners all day. And that creates inflammation long term. So you want to go from both. You want to weave in intermittent fasting if you can, um, and then the body can switch from sugars to fats, and that's when you become flexible and much healthier. Mm, mm, that's true. Um, yes, yeah, it, was, it was a journey for me. Uh, like I come off the, uh, the standard Australian diet and sort of went more into whole foods and then into the, the plant-based and, uh, and so forth. And um, yeah, I haven't had an injury or anything like that for like for, for years, you know, and I, I push my body reasonably hard on a daily basis, but also I do yoga and I do meditation and, and all these tools that I have that, yep. that, that can balance it out because when, we, when we've got our foot on the accelerator too much, then the body will break down like it did for you and, uh, and you have, uh, you have uh, disease and challenges then, but um, you know, these are the signs that we need to be able to, to observe, to be able to rest so we can become more coherent and, and balanced. And um, yeah, you're right. Like, it's a lot of the things that we don't understand. When we're getting up in the morning, 
you know, to, to, to move the body and to give our, our bodies time to, uh, to, to, you know, flush out, to, to, you know, use the lungs, their capacity through breathing and all these sorts of things can get you into more of an alkaline state. And, um, yep. I think, uh, yeah, see, see, as I mentioned before, that having um, people unhealthy is really, um, you know, it's, it's good for, you know, economics, but you, you, you just got to turn the TV or the radio on, you put into fear straight away. Once you're in fear, then you feel like consuming to, to shut that up, you know, to, uh, to stick something in your mouth, whether that be a coffee or whether that be uh, heavy food, uh, and that can just take your, your, your whole, um, your, your body's uh, natural process out of whack. Yeah, for sure. You know that you know processed foods that they they keep that they're designed to keep you coming back for more, the mm. snack and to eat all day, and you know that's what they're designed to do. And you know once once you understand that, then you can then you can have a more clearer picture uh, or or discipline around food. If you, if you don't understand it, then people think people think. Food is just calories in, calories out. Yes. You know, it's, it's, it's not, you know. It's, it's, food is information for the body, you know, information of health and well-being, or, or on the flip side, it's information of um, illness and disease or, or chronic inflammation that will bubble away underneath the surface for a long time before something happens. Yeah, that's true. It's interesting, mate. Like, you know, let, let's be real here. Um, pharmaceutical industry and pharmaceutical companies are really driving a lot of uh, the foundation of um, of, uh, of of economics and, and the way things are done these days. Now, you've just got to look at someone that goes into hospital or like a, my, my dad is in a nursing home and just how much they're over-consuming. They're getting so much comfort with regards to, you know, food, but at the same time, they're having to take all this medication to try and balance that out, you know. I... I just can't, I just would so much love uh, for a change in leadership at some point in time to say, oh, no, we've actually been doing things, you know, maybe incorrect here. We need to need to change things around. And that, that can have a huge impact on the way society sees uh, themselves, life, but also the way we, um, the way we actually like, you know, participate in the world, you know, the mental health uh, issues that we're experiencing in modern society, you know, are, are significant um, and... They're not going to change unless we actually do something within ourselves to question that uh, maybe things are, are not right and um, make make some changes, which can give our bodies a chance to, to, to operate more functionally, which basically helps uh, what goes on above the shoulders. You know, we have five percent of our of our energy above our shoulders and ninety five percent of our energy below our shoulders. But at the same time, we're so much above the shoulders, you know, to be able to, to become more in alignment with what's going on with the body, because oh, that's, that's really, you know, the foundation of, of everything that's going on here, uh, as, the, as is the gut. Um, you know, the guts, yeah. the guts and the heart are sending messages to the brain consistently, but they're, yeah. not, they're not getting picked up because we don't understand how to do that. Yeah, no, look, look, I've always thought like the, you know, the conventional model versus holistic and they're, they're always... They're always at war, and I, and I truly believe they can. We should be working together because you know modern medicine has some wonderful things to offer, without doubt. You know, if you're you, if you get injured or you you, you get involved in a car accident, like, like, the, the stuff that they can do today is amazing to mm. save people's lives, no doubt. But the, the foundation of of chronic disease comes from what you do consistently to yourself over a number of years. And that can only that can't be fixed by a pill or, or a prescription. Yes. You know that, that that can only be fixed by uh, what you put in your mouth on a daily basis, how you live your life, uh, what lifestyle factors you uh, you put yourself into. And I, I've always believed that at, at a government level, that health and agriculture should be almost one. They should be working together. Yes. You know, um, and it's and totally separate. You know, mm-hmm. um, yes. so you know that's. That, that's my view on that. But, look, there's, there's heaps of things that everyone can improve on in their own health, and it starts with a couple of things, you know. Eat more whole, fresh food, drink uh, water more daily, you know, try and get seven to eight hours sleep a night. That's huge. And most people, when they get stressed, anxious, or busy, they, they let their sleep go first, you know, and that's, that's another um, foundation of health for sure. Yes, oh, it is, absolutely. Well, sleep is the... I believe sleep's the pillar that all the other levels of health ride upon, you know, and uh, yeah. 
if we get that right, then our nervous system is in more check. We're not looking for outside sources to uh, to make ourselves feel balanced. And I know when I I don't get a good night's sleep, I'm looking for calories to give me energy to to stay you know uh, alert and awake. But if you get your sleep right and you manage your nervous system properly, then all of a sudden um, you know uh, you have got more energy uh, to give. And then you're coming yeah. more from your heart. You're not really in the in the head too much and making poor decisions. And um, that's when you can easily fall into the trap of uh, of getting sucked into uh, some of the, you know, the the, the less uh, healthful, um, you know, things that are going or offerings that are are going around. Yeah, hundred percent. You know? Now, you know, a good tip is you know, if, if, if sometimes if I get a, a poor sleep, then if it's you know if it's a nice sunny day, then I'll get outside and try and work in the sunlight or just expose my eyes and face the sunlight because that mm. provide that obviously going to regulate your circadian rhythm we know all about that yeah. getting sunlight in the morning as you wake up but the the natural energy that you get from natural sunlight um is is amazing you know and if you do get a bad sleep then maybe spend a little bit more time um in the sun that day and i'm sure that your energy will come back and you get a better night's sleep the night after yes yeah well see food food isn't the only source of energy is it like we have we have the sun and we have the, the earth so to be able to get the shoes off sun, have, earth, food yep yeah have the feet on the ground more rather than um than having rubber between you and the and the earth um, well, I'm, I'm in the backyard now barefoot i i i, I I'm, I'm barefoot on the earth daily yeah you know, and i think that's that, that you know you just brought it up this is an important point where you know, five, six years ago, everyone thought it was all woo-woo, getting earthing or getting barefoot on the grass. Mm. Um, but, you know, I've looked into this as well. Like, the the invisible frequencies that we experience, especially in the city, <clears throat> maybe not you um, in country, but, you know, 5G's around now. It's, 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 it's a high, much higher frequency than our body and the earth. Our body and the earth are naturally aligned in frequency mm. and we've got all this invisible frequency through mobile phones talking every day, uh, invisible Wi-Fi is everywhere now. And a, a good way to rebalance that um, frequency in your own body is get barefoot on the earth or go to the beach and having barefoot on the sand. And it's just, it's uh, calming, it has a calming effect back on you. It does, absolutely, mate. And, and these are the things that... Um that we knew when we were young fellas, you know, you were connected with, with the earth more, but we, we we sort of get into a classroom, we're behind a desk, we go into school, we go into work and we lose connection with that and uh, and that can have yeah. a real real effect on our mental health, you know, but but you're right, the, the, the key word that you mentioned is circadian rhythm, to be able to, to be more conscious of that so you are more in balance and then we have this, this beautiful thing uh, in our body called our endocrine system and when that's yeah. in tune and that's running properly, then everything seems to work. But when that's out of balance, then that can make us, you know, really um, feel in threat and, uh, and we make poor decisions from there. But, um, yeah, look, that, that's, that's such an important thing. I'm, I'm grateful that you oh. brought that up because, you know, the, the frequency that we're experiencing in modern life is throwing us out of whack, which is also having an, a, an effect on our mental health and, and medication isn't going right. to really help that. Totally, totally, and and look, that you know, di the digital devices—they're not going away. So, mm. you know, we we need to read, we need to take action and rebalance it ourselves. So, if you're having trouble sleeping or you just feel a bit uh, fizzy all the time, before ten a.m., get barefoot in your backyard and just get some natural sunlight for ten or fifteen minutes. And you do that consistently. I'm I am sure that you'll get a much better night's sleep. Yep. Yeah, no doubt. Oh, absolutely, mate. It's uh, well, you know, these are the natural assets that uh, that we need to work with. You know, you've just got to look and observe nature and just see how nature's actually, uh, um, you know, all, you know, the other creatures in nature, how they're actually going with this particular, you know, frequency mm. and rhythm of, of of what the earth's providing for us. You know, so the first thing that I hear in the morning is a kookaburra. Uh, yeah. And uh, you know, after that, then everything else starts to wake up because they're they're really in tune with this. And and when there is you know um, uh, a challenge in frequency like five G and all this sort of stuff, then you'll see these other animals like respond to that. You know, we're not dialed into it as they are. They'll, they'll actually feel yeah. the energy and they'll start to to move away or do what they um, do what they need to do to be able to find that that calmness again. But we sort of seem to force against it.
Mm, yeah, you're right. You're right. That's interesting, mate. Um, um, we could talk a lot more about this, but um, how do you find things now with regards to NRL? So when you sort of started as a player, um, obviously you, you had a, a really good start to your career, then your injuries, but I noticed your, your career was... Um, uh, was pretty good. Like you played three hundred odd games, and you were able to sort of you know play most of the season. Um, after that particular period where you did have those injuries in the middle of it, what were some of the things that you were doing back then to keep yourself um, you know physically and mentally well? Yeah, so you know the first, you know when I was before twenty six, I was doing nothing. I was just training my butt off because I was naturally fit. I was just relying on the foundation that I built up. And I had I didn't learn all this until two thousand and eight, you know. So I went through two thousand and six ruptured low uh, disc in my L five S one, one of the lowest discs. Two thousand seven the the disc above L four five does the same thing. Mm. The year after that I have a significant disc bulge in my C five C six, which is in your neck. I was that that disc bulge was one millimeter away from my spinal cord. That was pretty serious, but I, I, I rehabbed that. And then I come back the year after as I was starting to get into the learning of um, of the foundations of food in late 2008, 2009, I do all my ligaments in my ankle and was out for another 20, 22 weeks. Mm. So that's where, that was four years in a row. But then I really dived into the food system and, and studied it and practiced it religiously. And 2010, I'm 30, and I hadn't played a full season in four years. And your class is old in professional sport, mm. and then sadly. But I, I played the next five years, well into my 30s, with no injuries again. Mm. And you know, I got to achieve some um, some amazing achievements. But the best achievement when I when I speak to people, I show a slide of uh, my MRIs. One in 2014 when I'm retired, I'm 34. And then I show the one where I'm injured. Well, I'm 27, where I should there should be a healthier spine. I'm in my 20s. I'm a professional athlete, and the contrast is just out of this world. Because mm-hmm. when I'm 27, all my discs were black, mm-hmm. all my tissues are weak, and the chain reaction was going up my spine. The discs were bulging out left, right, and centre. And then when I'm 34, well into my 30s, they're all rehydrated again and much healthier. The tissues are stronger because I've provided it with the right nutrition. And and that's the difference that, um, well, that's the power that food has on our body if we allow our body to recover and repair. Mm. What were you doing for recovery after a game? So after, back in 2008 and 9 when I got into all this, uh, we did we did a lot of ice baths, uh, cold therapy. Yep. Um, I, I used to go down infrared saunas. I used to go down to, um, I was living at Bondi Beach then, so I used to go down once a week and just jump in the ocean no matter what the weather was. So even through winter, it was freezing, just jump in the ocean and do a contrast with the sauna there at icebergs. So I'd do sauna for 15, jump in the cold for five, sauna, and then finish on cold. Yep. I, I, I did that once a week. I got into infrared saunas. So I focused on eight hours sleep. Focused on my nutrition. Uh, I was I had a foam roller routine that I did morning and night. So that was I, I used to wake up foam roller routine, uh, and then I used to wind down with another foam roller routine before I went to bed. Uh, and then as I sort of got more knowledge into um, I always used to visualise my game, but towards the end, 2013, 14, that visualisation turned into meditation. Yep. So that was another um, huge recovery path that I sort of dived into as well. Settling the nervous system. That, that's uh, it's really important. So with mm. regards to infrared saunas and, and cold therapy, that that's really flushing toxins through the body? Yeah, flushing toxins through the body. And when you expose yourself to, you know, cold or hot, it really, it, what I've found, and there's research backing this now, is your immune system is, is boosted uh, 10 times. Mm. Like, I, I, now my morning routine is I wake up, uh, brush my teeth, I come down, I have 400 mils of water, maybe with a pinch of salt or some lemon, and then I go up and I've got a red light panel, an infrared light panel in my bathroom. I turn that on for 10 minutes, I stand in front of that, I might uh, do some visualisation or a bit of a meditation, then I jump in a cold shower. 
and that, that's the start of my day. Mm. That's my morning routine every day. Uh, even through the winter months when it's freezing, I, even you know, 10 to 20 seconds, at least I expose my body to a little bit of cold. Um, so what I've found is, I, I haven't, I've, the last two winters when I've been doing this, I haven't had a cold or an, an itchy throat at all. My immune system is so much stronger. And you know, if, you, if, if anyone wants to follow Wim Hof, then he's the, the um, great endorsement for cold therapy. Mm. Mm, that's it. Oh, mate, but it's so, you know, we're, we're so geared towards comfort that, that, you know, this sort of stuff is, uh, is difficult for people to comprehend. But by just doing it gradually, um, uh, it, became, it can become normal. And we can still have hot showers, you know, as well. Like yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I, during winter, I just, I'd turn, turn it on cold first for 10 to 20 seconds. And then I, then I have a, finish off with a hot shower and it's nice. But mm. I, at least I've exposed myself to some cold. Yeah, yep, that's it. But that's yeah, having that heat with the infrared and then the cold uh, is really yep. getting that toxins, um, uh, you know, sort of push through the system really quickly. Once you Bushing hit the, through the system, yeah. Yeah, when you turn the cold on, your breath will, you know, you'll breathe in deeply, exhale completely, and uh, you'll find that that'll, uh, that'll get uh, the lungs working properly. And once that happens, then, uh, you know, really the, the mind will flow with the breath. Once the breath's in a flow, then you start to become a little bit more, um, you know, aware of oh, your thoughts, feelings, uh, and emotions, uh, yeah. That's awesome. After that, I, I'm ready to take on the day. Um, you know, I don't need coffee. I don't need breakfast. I'm ready to go just after that shower, mm. after that little routine that I explained then. Mm. Are you doing any fitness in the morning now? Like, do you do any uh, of your uh, your own You know what? Stuff? Not not at the moment. I, like when I retired, I um, dived into the gymnastic strength training um, every day, five days a week, and I would train at seven a.m. and start the day with a session, which I love. But now my daughter is two. I drive her to school, or well, not at the moment. I'm doing <laughs> homeschooling. I do the I do the morning session of homeschooling, then my wife takes over. Yeah. So. That morning routine, which I just explained, then I sit down and um, get Azura started on Zoom with her teachers. Uh, and so I, I've been training in the afternoons mm-hmm. of late. Mm-hmm. Do you find that, yeah. uh, like I'm at the stage now where I've had a really strong morning routine for you know maybe 10 or 12 years and that's, that's part of me to be able to get up meditation, fitness, um, some, some yoga and that. Like I'm, I'm really. I'd love to be able to sort of, you know, get back to a stage where I do some hot cold therapy and then start the day and then do fitness later. But uh, I don't. Um, I just find my body, like when I wake up, my cortisol levels are reasonably quite spiked. So to be able to either do meditation first or do some fitness um, works well to get things back into balance. But yeah, I'm, yep. I'm turning fifty this year, so I might maybe look at some other. Alternatives, but uh, certainly. Well, you know, you got to, yeah. You, you, everyone's different, you know, the way they want to put their lifestyle together. But mm. what I've found is that, I, that little morning routine with the water and the shower. That's 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 what I do religiously. Mm. Um, but then I like to I like to challenge my body and give it variety. Um, so you know, I might uh, do a bit of fasting one morning, or the, another morning I might have breakfast. So I, I try not to do things like the consistently day in, day out, day in, day out, the same all the time. Yeah. So I'd like to, you know, give the body some variety and give it some challenges. Um, so, yeah, like during this period, you know, I, I, I'm i not dependent on coffee or whatnot, but I, I love the smell, love the aroma, all that type of stuff. So I don't mind making my own coffee through some good uh, beans and, and produce. But I had two weeks, I just went, you know, I'm going to set, set myself a little challenge here. I did two weeks off coffee just recently. Um, and you know, obviously the first couple of days you missed it a bit, but other than that, after that it was it felt great. And then the next copy after that two week period, uh, you really you really enjoy it a bit more, and it gave, it gave me a real uh, mental boost. You know, it boosted my mood. Just setting yourself those little challenges. It could be you know I, I like to you know put the phone away after the sun goes down and and not look at it until the next morning. You know, stuff like that. You know. Set yourself little challenges um, because they can become really important for our well-being. Agreed. To be able to wind down, it's it's a thing that we uh, that we um, struggle with now because we've got all these stimulative devices. And I know I'm a Western, yeah. I'm a Western Bulldog supporter, mate. 
and they're playing tonight uh, and I don't want to sit up and watch it late and watch it because I'm usually winding down. I'm in bed by 8.30, you know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so it's going to be challenging because I'd like to I'd like to watch that. But uh, uh, certainly, uh, yeah, like you know, I was brought up watching the TV and, and watching sport and, you know, you're not going with that circadian rhythm, as you mentioned, because we're sort of, you know, out of alignment with that and then we sort of wake up feeling groggy and hazy. But uh, maybe, you know, if you're doing that one or two days a week, no worries. But if you're uh, a little bit more coherent yeah. on the other days, then, then things will start to come back to balance again. Yeah, that's, that's like we talked about the the, um, the foundation. You know, like on the weekends, I'm pretty relaxed. We watch a movie with the family. I stay up a, a, a little bit later. But during the week, I sort of have around a set time where I like to go to bed at a similar time. Uh, and as soon as my head hits the pillow, I'm, I'm out like a light because I, I know I get natural sunlight through the day. I get barefoot in the grass. And that just helps with the circadian rhythm and the, you know, your production of sleep hormones through the night. So... Um, yeah, it's, it's important to have routine, but it's important to challenge the body in certain areas as well. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's the only way we grow, right? When we do have some challenges, yeah. so otherwise we'll stay stale, and and that's when the mind can take us into uh, feelings of depressions and, and imbalanced emotions. So, yeah. mate, uh, really interesting. How can people um, connect and get hold of you with regards to what you're doing to be able to maybe give them some guidance on their own fitness and nutrition and um, and also to be able to develop some, some routine. Yeah, sure. So uh, my business is Minifit, so minifit.com.au. Uh, I started the business when I was still playing footy, and it was predominantly PE programs in schools, holiday clinics for kids, primary age kids. And that mm. side of the business is growing nicely. Uh, at the moment, that's all on pause because we're still in lockdown. But through the first lockdown, I... Um, plugged in a, a live platform into my website where people can actually train with me uh, in the comfort of their own homes if they sign up at minifit.com.au and I do two live workouts uh, a week, Tuesday, Thursday afternoons and there's a host of on-demand workouts and they're only short bursts of exercise, no equipment needed uh, and they can just hit the video and train with me in their comfort of their own home so mm. that's pretty cool that's growing obviously now in lockdown which is great so i'm just filming more content i'm developing an online uh nutrition program uh with those four steps that i talked about i'll go in depth with that that'll be a five-week uh program uh yeah, starting at set date so that's in the works at the moment and uh yeah i'm on um instagram minifit now uh, so people can get in contact with me through all those avenues yeah awesome mate um I think, you know, I think what's what's happened uh, over the last year or two has probably been a blessing in disguise in many ways because it'll actually uh, help us become a little bit more empowered to do things that, um, that, that can take us out of our comfort zones too uh, and to maybe not take things for granted as much, you know. We have had the luxury, luxury of being able to live life uh, on our own terms. Now, things have... Um, I suppose diverted away from that, but if we can start to engage with people like yourself that can give us uh, tools to be able to be able to be a bit more self-aware and be be able to you know become more physically and mentally well, and that can really empower us to um, live better lives, and that can help um, everyone else around us. So you really need to be yeah. proud of yourself, mate. Um, you know, coming out of a footy career, but also exploring what you did uh, to be able to improve your. Um, own well-being after those, uh, that injury period. You know, a lot of guys can fall off the radar then and, uh, and fall into depression and drinking and those sorts of things when, uh, when things aren't going our way. But, mate, you, you really explored uh, the cause of... Yeah, well, the, yeah, yeah my, I'm, I'm a positive guy naturally, um, but, you know, I believe in, in any adversity, there's always opportunity. Yes. Um, and you just got to find it. And now I look back through those injuries... And the people said, oh, it must have been a dark time. You missed 65 games and this and that. You almost re you should have retired. Um, but I look back at that now saying that was really the making of what I do now. Yeah. Um, I, I actually educated myself. I did a lot of study on nutrition and the food industry. And I've created a business out of it now. And then that's my new passion, mini-fit and growing that. Mm. Um, and, you know, through this adversity, everyone's been faced with adversity through covid um, you know, I didn't have this online fitness business uh, before COVID. I adapted and, and, and changed uh, and developed that through the first lockdown that we had. 
Now, I didn't have I didn't have this. I had the PE programs in schools for kids. Mm. So there's always, even though it's, it's tough times, yeah, there's, there's no doubt it's, it's tough. But if we can do the right things, uh, we, do the things that we have control over first and foremost, and that's what we put in our mouth. That's how much sleep we get, what hydration we get. That's there again, the foundation. Mm. Then you can wake up with a clearer mind. And that's when opportunity just pops up out of nowhere. You go, I'm going to go in this direction. I'm going to evolve or adapt, you know. Mm, that's right. Absolutely. Uh, when the mind, and the mind is clear, you know, uh, most mornings if our, if our body's had a chance to, to, to work its way through and get that rest and, and rejuvenation, and then that mental clarity comes where you can make more informed decisions on what's, uh, what's best for your life, you know, I suppose totally. at the end of the day. Yeah, so amazing, mate. Um, Really encourage people to uh, to to connect with you, and um, you know if they, if they are looking for um, you know some change in their life, I really believe it's important to have a mentor and someone to guide them to uh, to be able to take control because it's not easy sometimes when we're looking to uh, to to bring something in our lives because when we sure. uh, when we do it on our own, some sometimes we can fall off the off the yep. the horse quite quickly but just to have some some uh, foundation and structure there to, to help you mate so i think it's really important so really uh really hope that people can connect with you mate and i'm sure we're going to have some more chats like this in the future so i'm so grateful for you uh uh you know having a chat with me and uh, and the listeners out there and um yeah mate um yeah i'm, I'm sure mini fit's going to be uh something that's going to be pretty well participated by lots of people so thank you no, I appreciate it, Aaron. Thanks for having me along, mate. It was a, it was a great chat. So um, we'll definitely uh, have another one soon. Cheers. Guys, uh, thank you uh, for listening in. Um, Anthony and I, uh, we could have, uh, yeah, kept this conversation alive for a lot longer. But, uh, uh, yeah, I really encourage you to check out his um, his Minifit organisation. Um, yeah, it's beautiful, actually, what he's doing. And uh, it's really heart-centred, uh, which is rare. You know, he's not doing this for money, uh, primarily uh, something that we all need but uh, at the same time he's really passionate about what he does and that that's evident in his in his voice and 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 you know the way he actually goes about life so uh, he wants to try and help people and uh, and that's really what it's all about you know community and being able to help others uh, thrive in this life so please uh, check him out uh, minifit.com.au also if you'd like to reach out to me <clears throat> the email address is support.backmind.com.au I appreciate your feedback, as I said, and uh, some more awesome podcasts coming, so please keep tuning in. Cheers.